Welcome to Recover Strong, a podcast that will transform your recovery from an eating disorder by helping you go from theory to practice to mastery. This is your special time to learn new skills, tools, and get the inspiration you need to recover strong. Let's get started. Good morning, warriors. Time to start your day. Keep your head up, marching on. Don't let nothing stand in your way. Hello there, warrior. I'm your host, Jessica Flint. I'm the founder and CEO of Recovery Warriors, a wisdom sharing platform for all people impacted by an eating disorder. Recovery Warriors provides resources and support to heal your relationship to food, body, mind, and soul. I believe recovery is not only possible, but it is worth it. That is why Recover Strong exists, to help you see and connect to the potential that lies within you to find freedom from an eating disorder. Today is a Five Things Feature Friday where you get more recovery wisdom in less time. Each week we talk about five things related to recovery, whether that is five steps to improve your body image, five annoying food and body comments, or today's topic of five ways to cope with weight gain. Weight gain is a common part of the recovery process, and accepting your body as it changes is super hard, especially when you've been trying to control your body for so many years. You just don't immediately wake up one day to a body you love and just wish to embrace and have this supreme acceptance around. However, there are some things that you can do, practical things that you can do that can help the process along. To talk about this topic today, I have members of Team Recovery Warriors here with me, and I'm just so proud of my talented team of warriors. Each member has a personal experience of battling an eating disorder, and they also have unique talents and skills that they combine with their passion for helping others find recovery. Now, before we get into today's topic, I want to let you know about the free gift we made to support you in your recovery. It's called the Daily Growth Habit, and it's a private library of audio affirmations that are designed to help you nurture new ways of being and thinking in recovery. I put a lot of love into these affirmations, and essentially, they're all under 15 minutes. And the idea around this Daily Growth Habit is 15 minutes is 1% of your day. So if you can just dedicate 15 minutes towards something that is life-affirming, soul-affirming, recovery-affirming, you are investing in yourself, right? And that 1% will compound if you continue to do this. Now, there's so many ways you can invest in yourself with this daily growth habit, and these affirmations are one of them. You can seamlessly integrate these into your life. So this is our gift to you. And to get access, all you have to do is request a free invite at recoverywarriors.com slash habit. Now, this is a private library, but when you request your invite and get your private invitation link, you can play it directly from your podcast player. And just like with podcasts, you'll get new ones that appear in your feed. You will also be getting new affirmations every new moon and full moon. And this just helps keep you motivated as you continue to walk the path of recovery. Alrighty, my warrior friend. Today we have Madeline, Manaya, and Andrea with us. I am Madeline. I am the brand designer, and I'm responsible for making our company vision come to life and build connections in our community to share all of our resources. Hi, everyone. My name is Minaya. I'm the director of marketing here at Recovery Warriors Team, and I'm responsible for helping our warriors connect to our resources and discover our wide array of educational programs. Hi, I'm Andrea. I am the podcast producer for Recovery Warriors shows, and I am responsible for scheduling guests and ultimately growing our network of shows. 
So now that you met the team, let's dive into five practical ways to handle weight gain. Are y'all ready? Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> let's do yeah. it. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, get new clothes. Now, when you're dealing with weight gain, oftentimes your clothes start to feel really uncomfortable because your body's changing. And so there can be this resistance to letting go of the clothes because you want to kind of stay in the size that you were at. I dove right into this. I love clothes. <laughs> I still love clothes. And that was something that I saw as an opportunity to have fun with when I heard this concept of like buy new clothes, buy clothes that fit, buy clothes that are comfortable. Because for such a long time, I would always try to buy like the smallest size I could get away with, even if it looked tight or didn't feel comfortable. So after some time and some uh, lots of progress of detaching my worth from my size and from the number of a clothing size, I was feeling more comfortable to embrace like, well, it doesn't matter what the number is, whatever looks nice on me or feels comfortable on me is something that I practiced and it doesn't happen overnight. (laughs) It's been many years of practicing it now, but I finally am at a place where I can just not be so concerned. It was, oh, is the clothing, I love this dress. Am I going to get it in the smaller size because I can technically barely fit in it or am I just going to get the bigger size that fits? And now I do that because I, the number's whatever to me especially earlier in recovery, it was just something to have fun with because clothes are fun. Um, I was in a support, uh, eating disorder support group. And I remember the facilitator was like, clothes are the skin that you choose. And I'm like, that's amazing. That's so fun. So I just, I buy clothes (laughs) all the time. Even now, like every month I get a couple new dresses. It's really fun for me. I love it. It's something for me to embrace. And I do want to acknowledge, I think there is like a level of privilege that comes with being able to be like, oh, let's have fun with clothes. Let's buy a couple new dresses or whatever. I do want to acknowledge that. And I've had times where I could not afford to just have fun and buy a couple new dresses a month. And that sucked. (laughs) So I do want to acknowledge that. But if you can, if that's something you can embrace and have fun with, I I highly recommend it. I still have fun with it. (laughs) I love that. Clothes are the skin you decide to wear. And I don't know, you know, this is audio so you guys can't see, but I have my favorite shirt. You guys have seen this. It's my Falalala Llama shirt. It's January, but I'm I'm not giving it up yet. I still think I got like a month left in my like Christmas llama shirt. And I got this at Goodwill, you know? It's like two dollars. I'm like, oh my God. I like live in this shirt. So I guess that's the skin I'm deciding to wear today and yesterday. Because <laughs> you guys probably saw I was wearing this yesterday. It's okay. It happens. But yeah, like there are options. I just want to say that with like upgrading your wardrobe and getting new, you can go to thrift stores, Goodwill. You can also see that giving your clothes away that no longer fit you can be offered as like a service to others who can then yeah. you know benefit from those clothes that are, that would be the ideal size for them and would be comfortable for I them. I will and- say... Like, I love thrifting. Plus size clothes are super hard to find in thrift stores. The selection is way smaller, but there are things out there. Like, I'm on um, Facebook groups, like Torrid Buy and Sell group. People will sell their old Torrid clothes for a lot cheaper. So there are other, there are ways to get mm. creative, <laughs> even outside of the thrift store. But if you are more like straight size, then, oh, yeah, go crazy. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for mentioning that. I'm like, business opportunity. Plus <laughs> 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 thrift stores. Wow, yeah. Like for the longest of time, I kept those clothes that didn't fit uh, in my closet. And it was really, really hard for me to to get rid of those. And it was it was like torture. Like I was choosing to torture myself because every time I would see it, 
it would be like a, this reminder that my body was changing and it will like revive all those eerie thoughts and, and, and it wasn't healthy at all, but it wasn't easy. And I had to like allow myself to, to mourn, even like mourn these clothes and grieve these clothes in, in my old body and, and to acknowledge the struggle because I couldn't just be like, you know, it's fine. I'm just going to get rid of all these clothes that I love. Like some of these clothes were like gifts or I would have like bought them in, in exotic countries or, or, you know, I had a lot of memories with these clothes and I gave myself like, yeah, some time to mourn and, and to say goodbye to these clothes. Like it was almost too much then because I left them there for ages. But then I say, okay, I'm going to do this thing when I was in the Courage Club. And, and I realized that was an energy leak for me. Like I was losing a lot of energy seeing those clothes in there. So I say, okay, I'm going to get rid of some clothes, like a few clothes per week. I'm just going to get rid of two pair of pants this week. And then next week, a shirt. And then next week, a jumper, whatever. And I did it slowly. And the more I did it, the, the, the better it felt. And then I got to this place where instead of saying, I have to get these new clothes because nothing really fits me anymore. I started having fun with it, as Andrea was saying. And I was like, okay, actually, I get to buy new clothes that feel comfortable and that I like and that I enjoy. And it was that change of perspective. But yeah, for me, it was important to realize the struggle and, and to accept those feelings. So instead of pushing them down, actually allow them to be there and then just let them go. I think I remember you were posting that like for the energy leak, right? When we talked yeah. about our energy leaks every week, like our Friday energy leaks to plug those. And that was one of yours. I remember it was like letting go it was of the a clothes. Good one. And, and when I did it and then I got like all the warriors in the in the community like, hey, congratulations. <laughs> that felt really good. And actually, like some people jump over it and say, like, actually, I'm going to do the same. And it, like it started a conversation and, and it was, it felt really good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super nostalgic. So I also kind of struggle with letting go of things that I feel like they have memories attached to them. So that, that definitely is part of the process. And I've even found sometimes it's like, cutting it up or trying to make it into something else. Oftentimes it never really works out and ends up getting worse, but you at least just cut it up and then, and then you start the process of no longer thinking about it in your closet. But sometimes <laughs> I made some cool little things that come out of it. Oh man, I really, I love everything that you guys are saying. And I, I was going to say the same thing that like the letting go. So whether that's giving it to Goodwill or whatever you're doing with it, but the letting go part of the clothes was also such a key factor for me because it's yes it's the memories oftentimes but it's also like the identity right that we're attaching to these clothes like to that certain size right and and it was almost like by getting rid of it it was like I was then telling myself that I'm never going to be that person and to like accept that in your disordered mind feels so hard right because you're just holding on to that glimmer of hope that well, one day, one day I'll be there again, you know? So I, exactly like you guys were saying, I think that mindset shift to really say, look, I get to dress myself in whatever feels good. I get to be creative in new ways. Even though I might not be that person anymore, I can be this new person that isn't necessarily like worse or not as cool or not as beautiful or anything like that. But I can still find ways to express myself that, yeah, feel good. Yeah. I remember when my body was changing a lot in the initial stages, like of just really getting into the recovery process, I I did feel more comfortable just in like stretchy pants and like looser clothes. Like at the same time, I really 
allowed myself to look at other ways to style myself. So that would be like earrings, like wearing really cool big earrings or, or just jewelry. Like I started to find other ways to like accentuate my style that didn't have to do with clothes. And so even though I felt more comfortable and loose fitting clothes, which I were necessary for me to kind of not have to really look at sizes, that was that was helpful. Yeah. Also just finding to you can get creative. Yeah, that's so true. I, I I so resonate with that in the sense that like for me it was also that in a way when I look at some of the clothes that I used to buy, I would also buy like f- to show my thinness. Like I would like to buy things that were really fitted or that were really small, right? And so to go beyond that and be like, hey, my style, my expression can be beyond just showing how greatly skinny I am, you know, there's so many more interesting things. Fashion can be so much more fun. So I, same as you, Jessica, me too. I got a lot into like earrings and accessories and just like other fun aspects of fashion. And that's why Billie Eilish can be such a badass, right? Because you like look at her and she's just like wearing all these like baggy clothes. Like, yeah. yeah, Billie, like she's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Little moment for Billie Eilish. <laughs> oh, she's awesome. Yeah. So there's a lot of things we can do with our clothes and also just recognizing that it is a hard thing to let go of them, but there's also a lot of opportunity to discover new ways of styling yourself and feeling comfortable in your in your clothing. So this actually segues perfectly into our next practical way to handle weight gain. And that is... Number two, eliminate body checking and the scale. So when we're looking at clothes, that's often a a measure of body checking. Like, do I fit into this size? How does this clothes fit on me? Or when we start to bring the instrument of the scale and we start to see, oh my gosh, how much weight am I actually gaining? And what does that mean? And when it will ever stop? I mean, so for me, like that segue is just so perfect because like the clothes truly were for me the, the measure kind of. I actually didn't use the scale all that much. Thank God that was sort of easier to let go of. But the clothes really were my measure. So if like there was a pair of pants that I knew I really liked, they were a certain size. If at certain points I felt like they weren't fitting anymore, then that was like, whoa, okay, intervention, like something needs to change. And it was when I could let go of that, right? Instead of always looking at your body as something that needs to be measured somehow, and just like letting it be and accepting it as it is, that's where I was able to find peace and and freedom. Body checking is something that I'm still working to let go of. (laughs) Um, It's reduced quite a lot, but I still have some moments of like, like even you know, we're talking to each other on camera now to record this podcast. And I'm like, how's my chin looking? Like, do I have a double chin? How big is it? Like, looking at stuff like that. Or sometimes, you know, we're talking about clothes. Like, yes, I I don't care about the number anymore. I'll just get whatever size fits and feels best for me. But sometimes I still look and I'm like, I like turn to the side in the mirror when I try something on. I'm like, how does it look from the side? Does it make my stomach look big? Like, I still have those moments much less (laughs) than before. One thing that I used to do all the time when I was still um, suffering from an eating disorder and early in recovery was look at any reflection I could find. If I could find a reflection in a window, I would stare at it and just look for any flaw I could find. And now I can walk past windows out in the world. And if I like, I don't even register a reflection anymore. I just walk right past it. So there's a lot of progress as well, but it is still something that I'm working to let go of because detaching my worth from my appearance or my body size it's been a years long process. I've come a long way. There's still a little ways to go, and that's totally fine. And one thing about the scale, like 
it's just, oh my God, it was so freeing to learn that I don't have to do that anymore when I found out early in recovery that it's, hey, it's good for recovery to stop weighing yourself, get rid of your scale. I'm like, oh my God, thank God, because oh, it felt like something I had to do. And there was just always so much shame that came with it. So just being able to be like, oh my God, I never have to do that again. I know some people struggle to get rid of the scale. They find a lot of like security in it or reassurance or you know, whatever, different reasons people find it harder to get rid of. But for me, I was like, thank God. Kiss that thing goodbye. <laughs> it's been years now. I don't miss it. I don't get on scales with the doctor anymore. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> so that was one that was easy to to stop doing. <laughs> yeah. And you never actually miss it, right? I'm, I'm never like, I wish I had weighed myself yesterday and the day before and the week before. <laughs> I haven't used the scale. I don't know. I think it's for like, year and a half or or maybe even more maybe even two years now and i don't miss it at all like i, I never think about it i i whenever i see it i'm like no the devil like, I don't yeah. see it no <laughs> and then like about the mirror and the body checking i'm i'm there with you andrea i am it's something that i'm still working on uh but something that was i think it was useful for me I think it was my therapist that recommended it to me or, or a friend. I don't remember anymore. But they told me to make it, so whenever I would look in the mirror, to actually make it intentional. So instead of just passing by and, you know, checking my stomach, my butt, whatever, whenever I was looking at the mirror, actually look at my eyes and do this exercise, which is called eye gazing. And it's very, very strong. Like it's, whoa. <laughs> if you stare at yourself for like two minutes, you're going to see like your soul for real. It, it is, mm-hmm. wow, it's, it's, I really, I really recommend it. It's a strong exercise, but I really like it. And then you start seeing yourself as much more than your body. You, you start seeing yourself as you truly are. And it's, it's beautiful. And then you forget about the stomach and the chin and, and, and all those things. And, and yeah, you see much, much deeper inside of you. So. Yeah, to make it more intentional. So when, whenever you're looking at yourself, either looking real at yourself with loving eyes or maybe even like saying some loving words, like, I don't know, saying something beautiful to yourself. It doesn't need to be about your body or how you look, but hey, you rock. Or I, I would put these messages as well in my mirror. Like I would put like sticky notes and saying stuff about how I would look and about how I am. Like you are absolutely amazing. Like you rock, like you're great. You're and sometimes it doesn't need to be so positive. Sometimes it can be neutral as well, because otherwise you might not actually believe it. But that would be really helpful too. I love that. Yeah, these affirmations. And those aren't like body focused. Those are just like, hey, you rock. Like you as a person. Like I love the eye gazing too. That is such a powerful practice because you see the, the you beyond the you and it's really deep. And I highly recommend checking that out. I like to blow kisses at myself. <laughs> but I also think it's important to like normalize body insecurity, right? Like I think if we're in this recovery space, it's like what's the ultimate you're trying to get to? Oh, like I'm so in love with my body that there's n- like I never have a day where I feel insecure about it. Or But that I don't think that's realistic. I mean, look at the society we live in. Look at culture. We're living in a culture that really values thinness and things like that. So we have to like detach from that. But sometimes that can just infiltrate into our, our space and, and our, our way that we view ourselves. 
And there's just so many different body insecurities we can have down from our size to certain body parts or like, yeah, there's our eyebrows, you know, like there's things that you can always pick out that are now the new trend, right? Full lips are the new trend. Like, okay, so then you can look at your lips and be like, oh, my lips are thin, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. So it, it's, it never ends. I guess I want to say it's like never ends what we're trying to like, es- like elevate as what is beautiful, what is desirable in the collective, collective culture. So I've just started to say like, there are moments where I feel more insecure than others in my body. And that doesn't take away the fact that I'm okay in the body that I'm in and I'm accepting in the body I'm in. But it's also to not resist those moments where I'm like, oof, that's that's cellulite I'm seeing right now. And like, I don't feel comfortable with all of that. Like what, and, and that's okay, right? That's okay. Some moments are way harder than others. That's how I've experienced it, especially like in the beginning stages. But even now to just say like some times I find it correlates more with my hormonal cycle. I'm more picky. You know, I'm more I, I, I'm more focused on things or I see things more. And I and I even notice that in my house, right? So sometimes during certain parts of my my cycle, I'm more picky about like things not being clean in the house. And like I will get down on my knees and like scrub the floor. And then a week later I'd be like, oh, I don't really care. <laughs> it's on the floor. So just like to notice that like, you probably also have times where you are like, oh my God, I just have to clean right now. And other times you're like, I don't care. Same thing, the body. Oh my God, my body, it's blah right now. And then oh, I don't care. And so just recognizing there's ebbs and flows to our body and the way we perceive it. And, and that's okay. Black and white thinking is so common in eating disorders. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'm going to snap my fingers and suddenly love myself or love my body but like it's a process it will always ebb and flow and for me like yeah I, like I said I still struggle with some stuff like this I probably always will but it is so much better like I don't want people to listen to this and be like oh I'm never gonna feel better about my body I'm never gonna feel okay like back in the day for me for example say my severity with struggling with body image was like we're gonna go with 11 out of 10 now it's maybe overall two or three it might depend on the day maybe some days it's back to an 11 but most days it's not like that so overall it does get better you will be more free from this but it is a process that you have to work with and work with the ebb and flows that come up totally and i i feel like the most comforting sort of thought or the most healing thought that i always sort of come back to even now still when i have these moments is to really just and i know this might sound kind of like oh but honestly the more you say it the more you practice it the more you can believe it but it's to really just remember i'm more than my body like yes maybe i don't like my lips today maybe i don't like my hair maybe i don't like my life whatever we all have our parts like like you all have said but and for me it was yoga which is maybe another conversation but it that was something that just really really I, I find so healing because we are more than our body. And when we can when we can connect to that, then we're so much less affected by these ebbs and flows of how we might feel about our body. Yeah, that's exactly it. You're more than your body. And that is such a key and actually ties in perfectly with our next practical way to handle weight gain. Number three. Remember that your body is a vessel for your soul. So that kind of ties in with what Manaya said about looking deeply into your eyes and recognizing that there is something deeper than your body, that you are more than your body, and just connecting to this idea that this is, this is what's carrying you through life. It's not the meaning of your life. Yeah, and to kind of like 
put things into perspective, right? Because yes, you can recognize the struggle of gaining weight and, and that is hard. I, I'm, I'm going to acknowledge that. And still, you can also recognize that there are other things that are important in your life and, and that your body, how your body looks is not the most important thing about your body. Like the most important thing about your body is that it actually allows you to, you know, to spend time with people you love, to to dance, to laugh, to, leave, to do things that you enjoy. And that doesn't matter if you're doing it in a skinnier or a bigger body. But you cannot do these things if you're not in a healthy body. So if you allow your body to be at the way it wants to be, at the way that it feels healthy, it's going to allow you to do all those things. So yeah, whenever you're having those thoughts of not accepting the body you're changing into, change the perspective, you know, start seeing all those other things that it allows you to do. And it can make it feel a little bit easier to to accept it and and love it as it is yeah you're not your body (laughs) it's a tool to experience life I'm very blessed to have three best friends that I've known for 20 to 30 years depending on the friend like longtime best friends they have seen me go through all kinds of body sizes smaller bigger everything in between all kinds of fluctuations, and never have they been any less of a best friend. Never have they loved me more or less, depending on my body size. Looking at that really helps me see like I am more than my body. My body is a vessel. It's not who I am. The reasons why people love me and want to be my friend is nothing to do with my body size or my appearance. It's who I am, and vice versa. Like I'm not. I don't care about my friends' bodies. I don't care how they change. I love them for who they are. It's, their body size is totally irrelevant. And it's really helpful to look at that first because it's it's easy to say, my body's my vessel. It's not my worth. But when you're still starting to work on that, it's hard to believe at first. So for me, I found looking at other people like, okay, well, it's hard for me to detach my worth from my body right now. But it's easy for me to do that with other people. I've never attached anyone's worth to their body. So for other people, you look at it that way and then eventually you can start to maybe consider that for yourself a little more too. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's so true. Like when you can think about with other people, you definitely... And if someone was to not like you or not want to be with you because of your body, that is a just burning red flag yeah you don't want them in your life anyway like right like no no get out not good (laughs) so yeah like natural clearing totally i i really resonate with that andrea for me it was i mean for sure that same idea too to sort of recognize that double standard that a lot of us have with ourselves where like we really treat ourselves differently than we treat other people right and that that sort of helped you gain that perspective and for me so i sort of touched on it before for me it was also a lot of it was yoga because when I started practicing yoga, I kind of started to like shift and I started to, it was really honestly the weirdest thing because I really, I started to like want to eat and want to just like nourish and be good to my body because I wanted to like support it and I wanted it to be strong. And I, and I love this practice and I love doing it. And I just wanted to like support myself, I guess, in the best way that I could to, to really do that. And, you know, when you're, when you're not eating or when you're in that eating disorder, then often, I mean, I know for me, I had a lot of phases where you're really freaking weak. You're cold, you're weak. 
it's not fun to exercise. It's so yeah, that that actually ended up really, really helping me to start a yoga practice. And it helped shift my perspective. And what I like what all you guys kind of have kind of shared with this is that when you are able to start to see your body as as more than just this this thing that you need to contort or manipulate or control that inside of it really lies like your gifts your your talents or things that you want to bring out into the world like your bliss like yoga can be your bliss connecting with your friends can be your bliss right and if your body is what's holding you back from that like you know i love to laugh like that doesn't require any body size i can be any body size and laugh and be able to bring that laughter to others, right? And that's what people I find appreciate more in me than my body size. And recognizing that when we are in a place where we're nurtured and we're not, like as Madeline was saying, feeling like low in energy and, and just you know obsessed about food and thinking about that all the time, well, then we actually can start to understand, well, why do we want to recover? What gives us deeper meaning in this life? And that brings us to our fourth practical way to handle weight gain. Number four, know your reasons to recover. So why are you recovering? What are you recovering to? Oftentimes we're thinking, oh, it's just this destination. But who are you becoming in the process? And what do you get to give more of in the world or receive more of in the world because you're no longer just fixated on controlling your body and your food? So for you guys, how did you start to like connect to your reasons to recover? And how did that fuel you to start to accept your body and allow it to change? I feel like this is this is a big one for me. When I started recovery, I feel like I really distinctly remember in the beginning, before I started working with my with my team, before I really started officially on the journey, I was had I'd been with my boyfriend who I'm still with for a few years, and we would go out for the friends for dinner. And here I was quite bulimic and even sometimes at the restaurant going to throw up, and it was like this just like really shameful place to be in. And I remember just getting to a point where I was spending a lot of time at his house. We were thinking about me moving in with him. And I just remember thinking, I don't, if I imagine myself five years from now, 10 years from now, I don't want to be his girlfriend or his wife or his partner in life and, and be at the restaurant preoccupied with getting rid of the food that I just ate rather than just being there with our friends and being present to this experience. And so as much as that might sound like, oh, I did it for him, I feel like maybe, and I feel like a lot of people might feel this way, in the beginning, it, I couldn't do it for myself. I didn't have that sort of sense of self-worth and it just wasn't enough. So he, having that feeling sort of gave me a reason almost to be like, this isn't the person I want to be. I want to be this person in this life with him. And then when I started the journey, that's when I really started to find the motivation. And I actually was able to actually let go of him a little bit and, and how that involved him and actually focus more on, hey, I want this. I want to be this person, regardless of whatever happens with him. I might not even be with him for the rest of my life. Who knows? But the point being that I think finding something that was, for me at least, a little bit bigger than the eating disorder, that like that helped me really find the motivation to actually start recovery. Oh, I love that. And I've seen that a lot too with people in like being a mother, like they want to, they want to do it for their children because they, they want to instill yeah. this, you know, and not have their children watch them go through this, this disorder their whole lives and may possibly emulate them or pick that up as well. 
And so exactly. I, I like that, you know, it's, it's ultimately you want to be a good partner and that's an important maybe value of yours is connection, relationship, being, being the partner that you want to be. Exactly. The thing that comes to mind for me is I don't have like super deep or one reason. I just wanted to stop feeling like crap all the time. <laughs> that was it. I was just, yeah, I was just tired of feeling like, like crap and suffering about food in my body. So that was my reason to recover. <laughs> I mean, that's a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I had a list actually. I had a list. I have it somewhere in my journal. I, I can't uh, look for it right now, but I, I remember some of the things I wrote down and it was like I, I would pull out that list whenever I would feel the urge to binge or, or restrict or, or, or engage in behaviors. And some of the things I wrote were like, I want to be able to to travel and enjoy my travels. I want to be able to have fun with friends, to go out to dinner. I want to be able to to be intimate with people and actually enjoy sex because I was like so self-conscious that I couldn't. I want to be able to... to to, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do yet, like professionally. And I had all these dreams and goals, that, that the things that I wanted to achieve and do. So, and I, I felt like dating disorder was was blocking me from going after all those opportunities and, and experience all of that. So it was mostly that. And, and yeah, absolutely stop feeling like crap. Like start feeling, start start living, like actually living and, and being present and you know, whatever life is is throwing at me, but like not letting the eating disorder just control my life all the time. Like I, I love that so much, Manaya. I feel like that's that's exactly it. Like to really also realize that hey, I there's all these things that I want in my life that exist outside of the eating disorder. And like we were saying before, in fact possibly more so outside of the eating disorder because when we're so preoccupied with that then we just don't have the brain space and the energy and the time and the whatever to actually pursue all of those things totally i'm sure if i was to go back in my journals i would see more like reasons to recover i guess it's been so long that but i know i remember for me it was like it was more tied towards surfing like i was obsessed with surfing obsessed like and part of it was fed into the eating disorder because it was like a workout thing and you're in a wetsuit or a bikini. And so it's very body focused and you're just with like a bunch of fit people out in the water. But I would, I was heavily bulimic and I, I would have electrolyte issues and I would have severe cramping and my, it would happen. And I would be out surfing like eight to 10 foot waves. And that's really dangerous. Like you, if you're cramping in the salt water kind of dehydrates you. So I just get into the water to hydrate. And I really felt like it, it possibly was going to like, kill me <laughs> like at some point like I could get hurt by doing that so I, I that that sport was very spiritual for me though because it was just like being out in the water and the, there's all the time in between catching waves and it was my safe space it was my sacred space to see dolphins and pelicans and just be in that environment and I wanted to be the woman essentially like how Madeline wanted to be the partner I wanted to be the woman who could be in that environment in a way that felt more aligned. Like I wasn't just getting out of there because I just binged and purged and needed to exercise. I want to be out there because I want to just feel nature and I want to be connected with nature and I want to ride these waves in a way that just feels so alive. And so it was my happy place. And I and I think as I recovered, I became a better and better and better surfer. And that was amazing for me. Oh, that's so beautiful, Jess. I love that. 
Yeah. And I just didn't want to feel like crap either. Like that was it. Like I was kind of just like, dude, there's like, this is not fun. Like this isn't cool. I don't like this. I'm, I'm done with it. Sort of like vegan waves, right? Like the biggest waves in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I even did like toe-in waves in Peru. Yeah. Like I wanted to be a big wave surfer essentially was my thing. And then I, that kind of, I started this company instead. <laughs> so. You really light up talking about surfing. I know. That's why we're going to do retreats and go surfing. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Let's go surfing Costa Rica. Yes. Yes. <laughs> happening. Okay. So yeah, wrapping up reasons to recover. We all have different reasons to recover. They can be for other people. They could be for ourselves. They could be for just so many things. And to to just continue to kind of see what lights you up in life or what doesn't light you up, like what really stifles you and and kind of go there. Is it is it your pleasure that you're or something that you really love? Or is it just something that you you don't like? You hate. Like I hate showing up like this. Like I hate having to be so attached to food and my body and these behaviors, right? So you can kind of find both polarities and and help that move you forward to understand like, okay, I can accept these changes in my body because they are moving me more towards the person I want to be. And this brings us now to our final practical way to handle weight gain. Number five, use affirmations. So you guys know we're all about affirmations here. (laughs) Team Recovery Warrior, (laughs) daily growth habit, like that's our jam. And, but it is for a good reason, right? I, I, affirmations are just so helpful to connect to, to assume or step into that person that you want to become, whether it's new thoughts, new beliefs, just new ways of seeing yourself. So how did affirmations factor into your guys's, you know, acceptance of your body changing and weight gain? Affirmations were so helpful for me <laughs> early in recovery, especially. I had this journal where I would write affirmations. They were introduced to me in a recovery group I was a part of, and I'd never done it before. And they're like, just use affirmations, like write it, read it, repeat it. So I would write down an affirmation. I would read it. I would repeat it. I would put post-it notes on the mirror, reminding me of it throughout the day. And at first it's like, this feels really silly. Like, you know, for example, one, I don't remember exactly what they were. I'd have to pull out the book to see. But for example, one would probably be something like what we talked about earlier. Like you are not your body or your body's not your worth. And at the time, it's like, well, I don't believe this. Like, this just feels like a bunch of BS to me. I don't really believe it in my soul. But it's one of those things for me where, and the advice that I got was like, you may not believe it, but tell yourself anyway, keep doing it. And then eventually, you do believe it. Or I did believe it anyway. So I would have like, I would I would stick to three main affirmations at a time. So I'd have those in my book. I would, yeah, repeat them, look over them, put put it on notes around the house. And then eventually it's like, I do believe this a lot more. It actually does feel right in my soul now. And like, I connect with it. And then I would go onto a new page of the journal and write three new ones. So it was always really neat to go back and look at the ones that was like, I didn't believe this. And now I totally believe this. It's like, I don't need to repeat myself this anymore because I'm on board. I get it now. This works for me. So that was like one of the, there's so many things that were key to recovery. There's a lot of pieces to the puzzle, but that was a big one for sure. It was affirmations and faking it till you make it with that. <laughs> it's what worked for me. It did sink in. It did help. <laughs> Yeah, totally with you in there. I I also did something similar, like a ladder, right? So 
I couldn't I couldn't believe when I would say I love my body yes as it is I I I love everything about my body that didn't feel it didn't feel true it didn't feel aligned so I would start with very 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 like neutral one that I would use a lot was I have a functioning body or I have a human body which is, is true. I have a human body and I have a functioning body. My body, I'm not sick, I'm well, and, and, and I'm a human. So that would feel really true for me. And then, as you were saying, Andrew, whenever I was feeling that those would feel true to me, then I would start like adding affirmations more like I... I can accept my body as it is right now. I, you know, and, and stuff like that. And eventually I could, I can say now I love my body as it is. I, not every day, like it doesn't feel like, it doesn't always feel that way. We were, we were speaking about it before. There are days that still feel like crap, but the difference is when, when these thoughts come in, can you, can you find a way to, to quiet that inner critic voice instead of, using like a self-loving and forgiving, accepting voice, self-compassionate voice. And that can be through affirmations, that can be through journaling, that can be through anything that really helps you, but really changing that 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 voice to a loving and compassionate and, and forgiving voice makes all the difference. Like you, you're, you're not gonna, you say it all the time, um, Jessica, and I love that when you say it, you can hate yourself into a version of yourself that you love and it's, completely true i've never experienced that myself that i i by treating myself really badly i would become someone i i want but instead when i'm caring for myself and and saying myself loving words i find much more motivation to go after what i want and 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 to change behaviors and habits and, and stuff that really helps me to heal and grow I love that. I like how you kind of said the latter because it is, it's like you can't go from just like the bottom to the top rung. Like you can maybe say it, but there really is that like starting to accept each one slowly. It's almost like going into a pool. Sometimes you just jump right in or sometimes you just slowly like move foot by foot until you start getting deeper and deeper in. And I think I just want to like kind of like for this whole theme of weight gain and just our body acceptance in general is to think about it like a relationship. If you even have someone that you deeply love, it's not going to be perfect. There's going to be times where they annoy you. There's going to be times where they do something you're like, what? Like, So it's just starting to normalize that it's not always going to be perfect. And you're in conversation with your body at times. And just to see that sometimes the conversation is going to be conflicting. And other times it's going to be harmonious. And that and that's okay. But ultimately, the base is unconditional love, right? Unconditional love. I accept you. Okay, maybe you're Maybe you're aggravating me right now in this moment, but I love you. I respect you. I I love how you put that, Jessica, because that was going to sort of be what I was going to add to this is that, so I guess I did use affirmations, but in a little bit of a different way than you guys are describing. So I, for me, it was really journaling, like you were saying, Manaya. And so it was really like having this conversation with myself and it, it just, and it got better and better. And it would like, I would write out the bad parts too, right? Like you'd write, oh, I feel so whatever it is. I feel so lost. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like I should be more of this or more of that. And then I would just like talk back to myself. And of course that back talk was inspired by different affirmations that I would hear, that I would read and that I would sort of know logically in my mind, but that I didn't quite feel yet. But I would almost like try to self-coach myself and be like, listen, I hear that you feel this way. Remember though, blah, 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 whatever the affirmations are. And 
I do want to share here again. I know I probably sound like a, a broken record. I'm the, the yogi warrior over here, but during my yoga teacher training, there was one <laughs> sort of, I guess, affirmation that literally, I mean, a part of me still wants to get this tattooed because I have never forgotten it. And it just brings me so much peace every time I bring it to my mind. And that is, I'm a divine being in a human experience and I'm doing the best that I can. And I just think that's so beautiful. Oh, I love that. I love that divine being and the best that I can. I think that's so important. Like I'm doing the best I can right now. Yeah, exactly. And in a human experience that ebbs and flows and sometimes I feel better, sometimes not, but that, that is the human experience. I am a being in this human experience. And with that, I'm doing the best that I can as we all are. And it's messy. To be a human is messy. Like, just to be like, oh, hell yes, it is. <laughs> if anybody tries to like put it off like it's not, like uh, that's an illusion. <laughs> yeah. And so, I, you know, I just want to plug here the daily growth habit. This is something that we've created to help kind of keep you motivated in your recovery, connect to affirmations that can help you along the way. And so if you go to recoverywarriors.com slash habit, you can get private access to our audio library of affirmations that you can play right on your podcast player. But you do need to request access so you can get that private invitation link. We add new affirmations in every full moon and new moon and are just here to support you along in connecting with words that can inspire, encourage you, and keep you motivated for this journey to recovery. This kind of makes me think that we can do one exactly for waking. That could be some affirmations there. We do have one currently for body acceptance that ties in well with this topic as well. But we're always adding new ones in. And if you have any recommendations on affirmations that you want us to do, feel free to reach out and let us know because we're going to be adding new ones in once again every new moon and full moon. Twice a month, you can get new affirmations as this library continues to grow and as you continue to grow in your recovery. So this was such a great conversation. I love being able to connect with you guys around this topic and hear all these different perspectives and experiences. And just to review, our five ways to cope with weight gain are try out getting new clothes, eliminate body checking and the scale, remembering that your body is a vessel for your soul, know your reasons to recover, and use affirmations, which you can connect with through the daily growth habit if you go to recoverywarriors.com slash habit. All righty, my warrior loves. Oh, so great. Anything you guys want to just say to end the show here, wrap it up with? I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we said it all. We left it all on the table. You know, you know what you need to do. <laughs> Except that body. It's a process. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that tickled Andrea. <laughs> I'm just so ridiculous sometimes. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe be kind to yourself, actually, like through the process. Be really kind to yourself. You know, it's we're rooting for you and, and we've all been there and, and we go to the other side. So you can do it. Yes, be loving and, and supportive to yourself and 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 trust yourself. That's something I would add to try to trust yourself, like tune inwards. And like, as you heard today, we all have different perspectives. We all had different experiences and some things were more effective than others for each of us. So really just tune inward and go with whatever works for you. Don't feel pressured to use one particular method or practice. Take what's best and leave the rest. That's what I love to say. <laughs> Baby steps, guys. The tortoise wins the race. <laughs> So you got this.
Well, my warrior friend, thank you for having the discipline to listen in. If you found this episode helpful and know somebody in recovery who could benefit from its inspiring message, please share this show with them. It would mean the world to us at Recovery Warriors if we can get our cause out to more people struggling with an eating disorder. So if what you heard today was helpful, share the show with another warrior or anyone on your treatment team. You can do this directly from your podcast player or send them over to recoverywarriors.com. We have a goldmine of free resources there for all stages of recovery. And until the next episode, may compassion like the path you are on and courage keep you on it. You totally got this warrior. <laughs> <laughs>